You're listening to the Porch Time Podcast. I'm so excited. Are we doing this? I think we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited for this episode because we are speaking to a midwife and it is like, wow. Mm. Very educational. <laughs> Very educational. She tells us the difference between a doula and midwife, which honestly, me and Yola just didn't know. Mm. We didn't know. We didn't. We didn't know the difference. We can't wait for you to learn the difference if you don't know the difference, like us. And the knowledge she shares around births, at home births, birthing centers—it's like the the fear attached to people having at home births and why they're not as frequent. I mean. I am. But also, like, the the hypocrisy at a um, hospital. And oh just my gosh. the crazy things that are going on there, pricing-wise <gasps> and all of that stuff. And, it and really, like, procedure-wise. Yeah, exactly. Why certain things are done that maybe you don't even need. We'll really, like, get into it in this episode because truly for me what it had changed is, like, a midwife really can do so much and education is so specific and in depth and I didn't know that at all. So now I'm just like a lot more trusting of of the midwife journey. If I'm ever going to have a kid, I think I'm definitely going to go that route. Oh, me too. I think me and Yola are ready for at-home births. It's time. Yeah, because of Anya. <laughs> because of Anya. No, truly. She is a badass mother of three. She's a current student midwife at born to be loved birth and i mean i'm i'm ready to hire her when i'm ready Mm. to have my baby but she really takes you through all the processes shows you how safe and how held you are throughout the process and really speaks to everything from such an educational and factual point of view and i think she also was trying to make all this information as accessible Mm. as possible for like truly everyone yes um which i think she got yeah, giving birth safely should not be a privilege but oh it is God. sadly and she even mentions the disparities between black birthing moms versus white birthing moms which we know has been an issue in our country for so long but mm. hearing it from her and what actually is going down oh my gosh yeah like, mind-blowing truly devastating also like where these things come from like where they originated i mean there's there's like she was telling us some crazy facts absolutely i mean we're we're just so excited reliving the (laughs) facts that we're telling you too much so here is anya killa we cannot wait for you to hear this it is so informative and amazing enjoy every second of it and if you want to reach out to her for more questions if you want to hire her go for it we can't recommend her enough so enjoy this is so good. All right. Anya, Anya, Anya. Hi. Hi. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having We're me. We're so excited to talk with you. Um, once we found you, we found you on Instagram. Actually, our intern found you. Because oh, wow. we were like, we need an amazing doula, like mom. We just want that whole angle. And she found you and we literally... We're obsessed ever Instant. since. First of all, so beautiful crazy. family. Thank we you. went on your website. We were like, oh my gosh, we have so many questions. So 
Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's 10:30 in the morning, mm-hmm. so yes, again, we're having water. Yeah. <laughs> we're not we're not we're not in the wine moment yet. Yola has her sound. I have my water bottle. Anya is doesn't even need anything. No, I had She's coffee. Good. I had fills on the way here. <laughs> She's good. Oh, fills. Mm-hmm. Good one. Um, but to start, can you just introduce yourself and what you do? Yes. So, um, I'm Anya. I am a mom of three daughters. Two, three, and five oh. years old. Um, I'm a doula and a student midwife. So lately, my role and what I do has really shifted towards midwifery because I'm in the final stretch of schooling. So that's yes. quite exciting. Yes. Hopefully. All while having three kids. Yeah, all while having <laughs> three kids. Wow. I had two of them in the journey. So. Oh my gosh. And can yeah. you just clarify for mm-hmm. all of our listeners? who are probably like me, what is the difference between a doula and a midwife? Definitely. So that's the biggest question I always get because a lot of people when inquiring are like, I want a doula slash midwife. And I'm like, okay, two different things. (laughs) Great that you want both. Um, But a doula is really your emotional support person. So they are a non-medical provider. They can give you childbirth education and breastfeeding education. And some doulas have certifications in different modalities. Mm -hmm. However, doula in and of itself truly is an emotional labor support person. So their job is to support you throughout the prenatal journey. So they're doing meetings with you and maybe helping you craft a birth plan. And they're helping you figure out what your preferences are. And maybe they are doing some education with you and your partner, whoever is included in this journey with you. And then they're there for the labor and delivery support. So doing back massage, giving you affirmations, bringing you water, helping you rest, you know, that sort of thing. (laughs) <laughs> and it can very be needed. Yeah, very <laughs> needed. And depending if you're on a birth center or at home or in a hospital, obviously the involvement is different because it just is. Those environments lead to different birth outcomes. So in the hospital, sometimes doulas are more advocates, really helping the family navigate the hospital system and figure out policy and right. what things can they truly decline and what things they can't. And um that's a whole <laughs> different scope. And then at home, it's more relaxed. And the doulas, it's really like physical labor. Like you're helping the birthing person get in different positions and you're there for these long stretches because no one's getting an epidural. So it's hard work for <laughs> the doula and the birthing person. Um, a midwife is your medical care provider. Your midwife is taking care of you and baby. They're the ones doing your lab work. They're checking heart tones and vitals in your labor. They are essentially your OB. Okay. So you can have a midwife in the hospital, right. but they're, they are a certified nurse midwife. Where, okay. Yeah. So, so they're given to you by the hospital. So they are employees of the hospital, but they're midwives. So they go through the nursing program and then they do an add-on that covers midwifery care. Certified nurse midwives can also do out-of-hospital birth, but they are primarily found in the hospital. A CPM, a certified professional midwife, which I'm training to be, (laughs) is a home birth midwife. So a midwife that works at a birthing center or out of the home. And I am my own employee. I'm in charge. I don't report to an OB. I don't report to an ho- a hospital. Um, and I, that being said, I could not work in a hospital because that's not within my scope. Right. Okay. Because you didn't go through nursing before. Correct. Correct. Okay. So a nurse midwife can go back and forth. 
a CPM okay. could not unless they decided they were going to go to nursing right. school. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But you're actually delivering the baby. We are actually delivering the baby. So when you say you want a midwife, you, I'm, I'm essentially your OB. I'm giving you all the prenatal education. You're coming to me every month and then bi-weekly and then weekly and we're having our prenatal visits. I'm palpating baby to make sure baby's in the right position, baby's the right size. Mm-hmm. We're listening to heart tones every time you come in. We're talking about nutrition and proper positions and all of the things um so we would be coming to you you wouldn't mm -hmm. be coming to it wouldn't be like a at-home ultrasound or something like that so some midwives do but for an added (laughs) fee and that's really funny you ask because we had a client the other day saying well I had a I want a home birth so I thought you were coming to my home it's no (laughs) different than you going to a doctor's office like you come to my office just like you would come to the doctor's office now we do provide one home visit to get the lay of the land where do you want to birth you know we can help you set up but for the most part everything you're coming into the office and then for the when you're in labor then we come to you and we're providing that level of care so our job is to keep you safe and baby safe your doula is to make sure that you are emotionally supported and that you feel safe and comforted and they're feeding you and hydrating you and helping you move and Mm. do all the things do lots of people have both totally i was just gonna say yeah lots of people have both and i highly recommend you have both Mm. even in a home Mm -hmm. birth setting many clients come and say well i have you guys and i have my partner so i don't need a doula a midwife's job, while we are naturally comforting, our job is to keep you safe. Yeah. Our job is from the medical perspective. So we are really looking at a lot of things and, you know, if baby's heart tones drop or if they're really, really high, I can't be giving you back pressure and I can't be like right. affirming to you that you can do it. I've got to be paying attention to baby and paying attention to you and things can happen really quickly. I might say, I need you to get up right now. I actually, I need you to stand up and I need you to do this, 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 because baby is not responding well. And now I need to get the oxygen or now I need to give you Pitocin. So midwives also carry all the same medical medication that the hospital has. I was just going to ask. Okay. So Mm -hmm. if God forbid there was a complication, you would have the means to handle it or what would be the circumstances in which you would have to maybe go to the hospital? So there are some indications for transferring to a hospital and- Depending on state, depending on practice, those indications are different. So midwives are regulated from state to state. There are some midwives or there are some states where midwives still are unregulated. Like in the state of Nevada, there's no licensing. So they are unregulated. (laughs) In the state of California, we are regulated. So we can only do a home birth between 37 and 42 weeks. We cannot deliver twins at home. We cannot do breaches at home. Not that we don't have that that training, but in the state of California, if somebody wanted to do a home birth with a midwife and they were had twins, they would also have to pay for an OB mm. to be present at the birth. Oh, okay. The OB wouldn't deliver the babies, but they are there. Just in case. They have to legally be there right. to sign off on it. Oh my God, I'm yeah. so much. I'm like... Mm-hmm. I think yeah. for us, it's interesting because... We noticed how little we knew, mm-hmm. and I think, like, especially going to a hospital, and, like, that was, for me, always, like, the only way of giving yeah. birth, and the the advocacy for yourself mm-hmm. was really lacking, and yeah. I'm learning so much about doulas and knowing, like, what your right is. Like, yeah. people go into the hospital to give birth, and they know nothing yep. and I think that's like 
where I'm so impressed and yeah. inspired by midwives and um, doulas because those those are the people that are really in your corner I'm learning. And totally. It's like your partner might be in your corner, but probably they aren't <laughs> educated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they have no idea. <laughs> so they usually just... don't know also because it's most people also don't know what midwives do. They're like, oh, well, yeah. what happens if the baby needs... Okay, we're trained in neonatal resuscitation. We will resuscitate your baby. We carry oxygen. What happens if I bleed out? We have Pitocin. We will oh, give you Pitocin. Gosh. We will manage the hemorrhage like... We're trained in all of that. We, oh, what happens if I tear? Great. We will give you stitches if you need stitches. Yeah, I didn't know that until today, <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. There's a, only rare circumstances where a client would have to transfer in or get an OB to come to repair the stitch. And that's usually like a pretty intense third degree or fourth mm-hmm. degree tear, which is really rare to see in a home birth setting because oh. the way we approach birth in a home birth setting is very hands off and there's like mm-hmm. a lot of preparation that goes into okay. it. So typically you don't see repairs that need to I transfer in for have an OB come. Usually we can either leave it alone and it will heal on its own or we can just put a couple stitches in it. Mm. Can you go more into that? Because mm-hmm. I've, I'm really trying, like I've really been wanting to do an at-home birth. I'm yeah. not there yet, but I've been <laughs> thinking about it more and more. Uh-huh. And like it just, even having this conversation, it's yep. so incredible to me to know that my body has the ability to do that, totally. especially mm-hmm. in a comfortable setting that I, that like I can have a real moment with my baby yeah. that they're not getting rushed and getting all these mm-hmm. things that I don't even know what they're getting, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Again, that advocacy thing. So I'm wondering like when it comes down to the difference mm-hmm. of the birthing and cause when you're at a home birth, you're not getting induced, correct? No. Can you explain actually yeah. what getting induced is? I don't yeah. really understand it. So getting induced, there sometimes are medical reasons why you would want to induce somebody. So if mom has a medical condition that developed that's unsafe or something's going on with baby where we're seeing that placenta is kind of reaching the end of its lifespan and not providing enough mm-hmm. nutrition or baby isn't really doing well and there's a medical need to actually get baby to come out. That's a circumstance where induction, I personally think, it's necessary. That's great. Just like there are some circumstances where a C-section is medically necessary. Great. But often what we're seeing is an induction because clients are on a clock. So in an undisturbed birth setting, birth can be three days. You could easily have some bloody show. So that's like light pinkish red bloody show when you wipe or, you know, when you pee, you could easily have that. Let's say you're 39 and a half weeks. You could easily have that today. And that could be going on for a couple weeks because it's really normal to go past 40 weeks. We're always like, I'm 40 weeks. Why is my baby not here? Well, it's actually quite normal to go past 40 weeks, like 41 in five days. So, you know, what happens is people have these early labor symptoms, these like warm up things or they're having some cramping or their mucus plug came out or they're having some bloody show and they think I've got to go into the hospital or maybe even their water breaks, but it's kind of normal for your water to be broken and labor not happen for hours later but what happens is you go to the hospital with these symptoms and they're like okay let's get you checked in most oftentimes they'll leave you alone but if no progress is being made so your contractions aren't picking up or contractions haven't started or you haven't dilated a certain amount in a certain amount of time Mm -hmm. then that's when the induction starts happening they think okay well you're two centimeters and your contractions aren't picking up so we want to give you a little pitocin to encourage things to move along okay Mm 
because it's a timing system for them. They're like, right. you're not making progress. But from a midwifery perspective, if mom is okay and what we're thinking, what we're looking at is what's her blood pressure, what's her temperature, her pulse, like her mood, her temperament, all of those things. If baby is okay, what does the heart rate sound like? Then we are not concerned. And then we're also evaluating, is the water broken or not? If water is intact and baby is thriving and mom is thriving, we are in no rush Mm. we are going to let her her or their body do what it needs to do and same thing with baby whereas the hospital's like "Ah, we're gonna use pitocin and let's speed things along let's see what's going on and it's can be dangerous because it's a medication just like the epidural is a medication so some babies do totally fine other babies do not and people don't realize that they get the epidural and they get the pitocin and they're getting all these drugs and the baby's heart rate crashes or baby's heart rate goes way up well yeah hello they're getting all those (laughs) drugs too so yeah most times babies are okay but there are a lot of times where babies do not respond well to receiving all those medications and now you're in an emergency situation where you need a c-section or you need to speed things along because baby's not doing well i think i think my grandma got induced with my mom because this is a crazy thing i think at least because her doctor was going on vacation yes Yes, that happens happens all the time yeah and I yes. just, I am mind blown. Mm-hmm. Like she wasn't even close to giving birth. Yep. And he was like, okay, we got to get yeah. this show on the road. Yep. It happens all the time, especially around holidays. So like clients that have um, due dates around Thanksgiving or clients that have due dates around Christmas, usually those are the two big holidays where we see a lot of inductions happening. And then, you know, depending on who your medical provider is, like if it's a Jewish holiday, like Hanukkah or something and your provider is Jewish, you might see that mm. happen too because they want time off. They want to celebrate the holidays. So they're of like, course. oh, I think we should schedule an induction at 39 weeks or whatever the case may be when it's not needed. <laughs> this is the crazy thing I find is like I've noticed with home births and more midwife doula type relationships, it's mm-hmm. much more about the individual mm-hmm. than totally. you probably go through a lot less births as mm-hmm. well. Like you focus more on like that person through yes. the length of their pregnancy versus like a doctor maybe you've met them once or twice yep. mm. but like they're probably giving birth to like multiple kids that totally week. totally yeah so the great thing about midwifery care and so i always tell people midwifery care is informed consent care meaning we That's are giving what I you love. all the options i'm right. saying this is a standard of care meaning in a hospital setting these are all the tests available to you. These are all the procedures available to you. This is why we do them. That is an option for you. You also have this alternative option, which can be maybe to do nothing, or maybe there's this other testing option or this other you know, option on the table. What do you wanna do? And as a client, you say, okay, I wanna do this, or I don't wanna do that, or I'd like the alternative option for this. Hospital care is blanket consent, meaning you are signing off saying, whatever the hospital deems necessary and safe for me and my baby, I am agreeing to that. So even if you don't want something, if they determine in the moment it is necessary for the safety of you or your baby, you have already signed off on that. You so do they don't not, have to ask you. No, they can tell you. And that's, that's where a lot of clients who are not white, a lot of black clients, a lot of brown clients can get CPS called because the provider can say, well, this family is declining what I'm saying is medically necessary. No. They are negligent parents. <gasps> they are not safe parents. That's 
the danger sometimes. And I've had a lot of clients calling me like, they're going to call CPS because I don't want to do this or I want to leave. And I'm like, okay, we've got to get a lawyer or you've got to make the option. How important is this decision to you? Do you really want to have this fight or are you okay just agreeing with it? Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. It happens quite frequently and it happens over things that are not really big deals. Like I had one client, she just wanted to keep the, the cord on for a long period of time and they were saying it wasn't safe and they were making a big deal about that so we leave the court attached at a home birth for like an hour two hours it's really not a big deal even in an emergency situation we would not cut the cord we would take baby and cord wherever we need to go resuscitate baby attach the cord it's not What's a the pressing matter for the hospital in that? That seems yeah time maybe time and liability. So the hospital, you have to think right. about it. Hospitals get sued a lot, so oh, they wow. have to work from from that angle too, like protecting themselves in terms of like legal liability. And so even with C sections, if you think about it, C sections are surgery. You can learn a surgery, you can perfect it, you can perform it. It can be taught like right. Even from that, it's more straightforward than birth. Birth is unpredictable. I don't care how many births you've seen. I don't care how many babies you've personally birthed. Every birth is different. You cannot truly like control or predict that. There's some things that are pretty like straightforward and you know, that sort of thing, but not like a C-section. Yeah, and even that, my boyfriend's mom had a C-section with him because she's mm-hmm. tiny. She's like five foot and he <laughs> has a big head. Um, but while he was removed, they were like, some kind of tongs or something yeah. to pull him out mm-hmm. and they scratched his eye yeah. and he's like has almost See? no vision on one side and mm-hmm. they didn't sue the hospital because yeah. his mom's a doctor and she was like it happens yeah. um she does. but shocking that even yeah. with something planned like that mm-hmm. you still have moments yeah. like and moment. even that the whole like too big of a baby thing I cannot stand that because most often times the baby's not too big and they can get it wrong. It's just an estimate. And the way they get the estimate is a measurement of the femur bone. So you could actually have a baby that's quite long and not big in terms of like weight Mm -hmm. and width. It's just they're measuring the femur bone. So that's how they're getting the estimate of weight. Like even midwives were supposed to estimate like what we think baby's going to weigh. But if you're following a healthy diet and an Mm. active lifestyle, it's very rare that your baby is going to be too big for your body to birth. Right. The chances of that happening is like if you have gestational diabetes and you're not living an active lifestyle and you're totally eating crappy food and your baby's really packing on the pounds. Now that's different. Right. Same thing with a too small baby. If you're following a healthy diet plan or a nutrition plan, mm-hmm. I should say, and living an active lifestyle and like following all the recommendations, if your baby is on the smaller side, it may not be a concern. Some people just genetically have small babies in their family, and that's just what it is. Just like some ba- people have larger babies. So the whole thing about the baby being too big, we need a C-section, is totally a fallacy a lot of the times. It's really about positions. Like, obviously, maybe the baby is not going to fit through the pelvis if I'm just laying on my back. But maybe if I got up on hands and knees Mm, and all fours and I'm totally opening up my pelvis to give baby more room, then maybe... Or how are they positioned in there? Are they totally head down and face back? Or are they kind of coming at a crooked angle? Do I need to, like be on my left side and kind of have my leg hiked up all the way and like be here for a little bit. So that's the other thing in the hospital. You don't have access to all these tools, which is why a doula is so helpful because a doula can kind of help you get into these positions. But then you, if the hospital wants you to be in the bed on your back monitoring baby, then 
that's what they want. It's interesting too because from what it sounds like from you, like the way you described it just now, it sounds like there's a lot of thought going mm-hmm. into like all these different stages yes. and at a hospital there's mm. not a single person that's there consistently like being like okay maybe let's try this mm-hmm. to like change how this is feeling to like yeah. make it <laughs> as uninvasive as exactly possible. and I think it's hard because I've met some really great nurses who mm. have had home births themselves mm. and I always find that so fascinating when I meet a labor and delivery nurse who's had a home birth because I'm like they get it because they see so much and so it's like on the one hand Doctors and nurses see so much. They see high-risk births and high-risk right. pregnancies and true emergencies. And seeing that day in and day out, you can get kind of jaded. Whereas midwives, we see we deal with low-risk pregnancies, right. low-risk births. So we, we're both on the opposite ends yeah. of the spectrum. But there's got to kind of be this like meet in the middle where we understand that birth is not a medical procedure. It is a natural process that the body knows how to do and is it able to do. And it's not our job to intervene when there's not a medical reason. It's our job to observe and support as long as everything is going safely. And I think that's kind of like the miss almost mm. is just like we're at these polar opposite ends and there's no like meeting in the middle right. to make sure that the birthing population is truly being supported and heard. And like, Midwifery care, we spend an hour every prenatal visit. Doctors visit is like 15 minutes. Right. Like, ah, baby's fine. See you next week. And you're like, what? They yeah. don't explain anything. We explain everything. Mm. This is baby's heart rate. This is normal. This is why it's normal. This is baby's position. It's actually not ideal right now. This is why it's not ideal. We mm. need you to do this, this, and this. Or we need you to get chiropractic care okay. to correct this position. And we're explaining everything. Even in the birth setting, in an emergency, we are calmly speaking to you. Mm. Hey, we're seeing this. Baby's heart tone isn't recovering. I need you to do this and this. If it doesn't improve in X amount of time, here are our options. What do you think mm. about that? It's not a, oh my God, baby's crashing. We have to go right now. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> You're already stressed and then that And comes. in the hospital setting, you do. You hear mm-hmm. all those beeps. There's all these mayhem. Yes. You suddenly see the guy pulling the clamps and you're like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, even like just thinking of like crazy yeah. anatomy. <laughs> but no, I'm just, I've been honestly sitting in awe in my seat about everything <laughs> you're saying because I feel so informed yeah. for the first time and enlightened mm-hmm. and like also heartbroken that so many women can't advocate for themselves totally. or have the resources to advocate for themselves mm-hmm. especially black and brown women where totally. it's like you're calling child protective services mm-hmm. like I mean yeah. that's a whole but other thing but a person you've never met mm-hmm. I know a person you don't know yeah their child isn't even really born yet like yeah and so and I know there is a history of in hospitals mm-hmm. a lot more black women dying because totally. what the the doctor thinks that they have stronger skin or something. This yeah. Is from- so there's a I don't even know where it. So okay, I do know where it came from. So back in slavery, doctors operated on black women without anesthesia, without any type of medication, and because black women endured these procedures like a lot of obstetrics a lot of the obstetric knowledge and information and procedures that we have today actually came from white men operating on slave black women so 
there's a lot of black women <laughs> that were tortured and suffered and died for the medical care that we now have. And they're still dying in the hospital system. Um, and because the conclusion was, well, you know, they're enduring everything that I'm doing and they're surviving. So they must not feel pain the same way, which it's totally a fallacy. So you do get a lot of moms saying, hey, this hurts or asking for medication and they're not being heard. But that's just like scratching the surface. It's really mm. about the lack of knowledge from the birthing person, of course. And I think in the hospital setting, it's just a system. Like it's not mm. really set up in a way to support marginalized co communities at all. Now you do obviously have, there's doctors out there that are so amazing. And right. there's nurses of course. out there that are so amazing. Obviously I'm not generalizing everything, but for the most part, yes, because we're not being heard. They're not really being a paying attention to, or they, mm. you know, they just, make all these assumptions i can't tell you how many doula clients i've had that are black and they're taking baby aspirin and i'm like do you have a history of high blood pressure they say no i said have you had high blood pressure at all this pregnancy they tell me no i'm like so why are you taking baby aspirin oh they just told me it's preventative because you're black and most black women have hypertension or preeclampsia just because that's something that is prevalent in the community doesn't mean every black birthing person now needs to take baby aspirin and it's a band-aid how about have the conversation right. about healthy lifestyle healthy yes. nutrition what mm -hmm. are the things that can cause preeclampsia because most oftentimes it's actually rooted in um nutrition that's not proper nutrition and a lifestyle that isn't the most optimal lifestyle right. so that would be a more effective approach than just saying take baby aspirin, but continue doing all these other things that are still detrimental. Education. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just like hearing the fact that there are people like you out there to advocate <laughs> for so many women is like, and birthing people is so like, it, honestly, I keep getting emotional. I don't know what's going on. Like, I feel like, yeah, me too. I just, I feel like birth is such a beautiful thing. And totally. like a lot of the time, I really don't know why it's like taking me so much, but hearing you talk about it, I'm like, I have tears in my eyes, but, and so often time it's being taken away from us yeah. and from so many. And like, even to the point where they're taking away women's babies, yeah. it's like to know that there are people out there fighting for our bodies mm -hmm. is, is so important. And, and like our right to know and yeah, our right like... to know. And like the fact that, there are these resources out here mm -hmm. like you, like we're so informed to the point where I'm like in tears <laughs> of, oh my gosh, how can I take these steps to yeah. be the best to my body, to my baby? And so can you walk us through like really what your process is? Mm -hmm. Because it does feel so connected to education, yeah. to knowledge, to being with the birthing person. So mm -hmm. how does that you 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 touch the surface you you give them a lay of the land yep. you educate them mm -hmm. and then what really does the process yeah. become so as a doula part of my job too is unpacking past trauma especially if you've already given birth before because i get a lot of clients that come to me and they say well i had a c-section or um my labor was like this and the doctor just told me that i can't dilate that my body doesn't dilate or the doctor told me that my just pelvis is too small <laughs> your body dilates it absolutely does. It was created to do that. And if there's any listeners who have had that story, it's wrong. Please, please release it. If your body is not dilating or it dilated and stopped at a certain point, there is 
always a reason why either baby is not in the correct position or you're emotionally holding on to something or something is going on that is preventing that from continuing it's there's always a reason why um pelvis being too small that's usually not the case especially if the baby was not like this ginormous baby that's a real that's a huge fallacy as well your body is capable so a lot of my work is unpacking past trauma or just negative stories that we carry around with us that we've heard from our parents or we've heard from our friends or you know we've seen in tv shows or movies and a lot of us are walking around with these ideas around birth that are just false and a lot of us are walking around with fear attached to birth well I don't want to feel the pain and I don't want to tear and I don't want to poop on myself and it's like whoa let it go when you hold fear you're tightening your body like you you are always tightening your body and even in the childbirth class we were teaching it last night we always tell our clients you have to release fear not only is it mentally holding you up and emotionally holding you up but you're physically holding your baby in if you think about a time where you're scared you'll notice your pelvic floor is tight Mm. your butt is tight all of it's tight Mm. and so if you have that in birth then you're holding your baby and you've got to release it. You've got to let it go. You've got to surrender. The biggest thing I tell clients is surrender. Then we're going to work on trusting your body. Really, whatever that is. Affirmations work for some people. Affirmations don't work for others. So whatever tool helps you really get to a point where you trust your body, that's the second thing I need you to do. Because for me, I trust you as a burning person. Mm-hmm. I trust your voice. This is your body. This is your baby. And you are deeply connected. And whatever you are feeling, I trust that. But you've got to trust that. Right. It's, I'm not birthing your baby. <laughs> it's interesting because it sounds like the fears that you were describing are like most, like I'm relating them to a hospital. Totally. Those are like, like, I feel like if you were mm-hmm. in the space of your own home, like pooping on yourself probably wouldn't be that weird like I mean yeah sure but like it wouldn't be so like embarrassing as it is like if you're like in someone else's space and it's all clean and there's like random people in green outfits around that you have never met before totally of course yeah and I mean fear can come up too like so again education like when I become midwife it's the biggest thing I want to provide is education to everybody because I had this one home birth client recently she had a baby before, but this was her first home birth. And there's a point in labor, it's called transition, where the hormones are surging and this is like the peak of labor. Contractions that are all time high, they're coming back to back, they're lasting longer, you're feeling this intense vaginal rectal pressure and sensation. You might be going from hot to cold, all these things. And she was shaking, she was physically shaking, which is normal, that is mm. normal. But she looked at me and she's like, I'm scared. She's like, I can't do it. And my job in that moment was just say, you've made it this far. You already are doing it. You can absolutely do it. Look at me, focus on your breath. And a lot of times, sometimes I don't speak. I just breathe the way I need them to breathe. So I'm like, (sighs) or I'll do these like gentle taps on them. (laughs) Like if I see them tensing their body, I'll just gently touch where they're they're holding their tension so they can relax. So it's really just taking it one contraction at a time and reminding them, you're already doing it. The very thing you're afraid of, the very thing you think you can't do, you're already doing it. And that pressure you're feeling is your baby. Those sensations you're feeling, that's your own strength. Everyone's like, I'm so afraid of the pain. 
okay, where is the pain coming from? Your body. Your body is generating those sensations, which means that's your own power that your body is creating to birth the baby that you created. You totally can do it. Those sensations are not stronger than you because they are you. And how incredible to feel those sensations. I think oftentimes once you really go there, it becomes a really spiritual experience. So I think we've spoken at length about how much I love the gold matcha, but now I've moved on and expanded my palate into the turmeric latte because I can't keep drinking matcha three times a day. So I convinced you yes. to become a huge turmeric latte super fan. Yes, you did with the great, great whisk, a little zoom, zoom, and it gets all frothy. Ugh. Isn't it so good? The best. And it's like, you just feel good after. You feel yeah. like gold after. You look like gold. You're just ready to party with that turmeric latte. You mm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, they have all the best products. We, we can't say enough good things. Truly, it launched in, what, 2017, and ever since they've been killing it. And, of course, they launched with the original turmeric latte, which makes so much sense because it's chef's kiss. Delicious. And now they have over 10 amazing superfood wellness products that range from their oh-so-popular pure matcha, which Yola is still obsessed with, and um, to plant-based face masks and, of course, the super whisk that Yola mentioned so that you can make your frothy latte dreams come true. But... We can't say enough good things about gold, and we are so ready for you all to get your hands on this because if we could convert everyone to just only do all things gold, we would. That's what we're here to do. So use code ALLTHEBABIES15 for 15% off your next order from gold. That's G-O-L-D-E dot co. You can also follow them on Instagram at gold, G-O-L-D-E. And again, the code is ALLTHEBABIES15. We cannot wait for you to become as obsessed as we are. We read that you actually had a really spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. Can you tell the listeners about that? I mean, I think every birth is like a transformative experience. But my my second birth was totally an emotional one. And I was holding that baby in. Mm. So my second daughter, me and my husband were going through a rough patch. We were talking about divorce and some things had happened. And I just wasn't feeling connected to the pregnancy at all. Wow. And... I look at the video and I can just hear it in my sounds, high pitched sounds. But I remember vividly, I needed to push her out and my midwives were saying to bring my sounds lower, like a, uh, and I was very much like a, ah! okay. but I remember in my head, it felt so good to scream because I had personally been hurting for so long that that was just like, I needed to let it all go. And she was two days late. And it was funny because I remember it was the night of 4th of July and I was feeling so emotional and I sat and wrote a letter and I just spoke to her. I was like, no matter what's going on with me and your father, we love you and we are ready for you and it is safe for you to be born and we're ready for you to be here and it's okay for you to come. And I'm so sorry that I haven't been connected to you. And then we went to watch fireworks and like two hours later, my labor started. And so... I'm like, I was holding on to her. I was just so afraid and I was holding on to so much. I had so much tension in my body. 
And it was just a whole like emotional release for me. And her birth, she actually came with me to my doula training at three weeks postpartum. She was in my doula training with me. She was with me. She, when I enrolled in midwifery school. And look um, at how connected you are now. (laughs) And then my third daughter, I mean, that was like, I, I just felt like she completed me. She completed our family. Like. It's, it's such a transformative experience. Every single birth, every birth is different. Even for me, I've had three totally different pregnancies, three totally different birthing experiences. All at home. Um, two at home and one at a birthing center. So I've actually never had a hospital birth. <laughs> I never wanted one. I, what's the difference between an at home birth and a birthing center? Nothing. Okay. So, <laughs> it's just a birthing center. People I think can more mentally wrap their head around it because it's a facility. So it's like somewhere you go, you know, but <laughs> because that's also like I totally get that. in you yeah. that it's like mm-hmm. hospital. Yeah. Like you Safe go somewhere. Seat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go way to have Yeah. Birth. A birth center is literally the same thing as a home birth. When you walk into a birthing center, there's usually two rooms, maybe three rooms and they look like your bedroom. There's a bed. <laughs> There's a bathroom, there's a big tub, maybe there's a couch. There's no epidural at a birth center. There's, they carry all the same equipment we have. Um, So there's no difference. And I think home birth is better because you're at home. You don't have to go anywhere. And it's so nice, like, okay, midwives at a home birth, we let you have your time with your baby. We make sure you're fed. We get you in the shower. We clean you off. <laughs> we tuck you in bed with your family. We're giving you all the postpartum discharge instructions. Um, it's in our scope of practice to care for babies up to six weeks. So we do listen to heart rate and respiration and temperature and all those things, weighing the baby. But all that's done in your bed oh. or in your on your couch or wherever you are. Okay. I am wondering, for me... Home birth right mm-hmm. now sounds like the most magical thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, still mm-hmm. hard because yeah. you're pushing something out. Totally. But magical. Why would someone choose to go to the hospital? Just Is it just a lack mm-hmm. of education or... I think people are afraid. There's a lot of clients I have. I ask them, well, is home birth an option? And they're like, well, no, because what if something happens to the baby? Mm-hmm. That's usually the biggest concern. And there are times baby does need to get transferred to the hospital. Now, I obviously haven't worked with a bunch of midwives, so I don't know other midwives' experiences. I'm sure there's reasons why the mom had to get transferred to the hospital. So transfers do happen. There are reasons. But we are looking at signs throughout the Mm. way that indicate a transfer would be needed before it's a true emergency situation. So it's that's part of our job (laughs) what Mm. we're doing we want you to have a home birth but that's not our goal our goal is a safe birth we are not trying to push home birth on you even if that is your plan if for some reason we are seeing indications that baby is not safe or okay or you're not safe or okay i'm sorry we've we have to have the conversation about a transfer so um I think that's the biggest reason. People just don't feel safe yeah. at home. Some people are like, well, what if there's an emergency and it's going to take us a long time to mm-hmm. get to the hospital? But they don't realize it's also within our scope and our training to, mm-hmm. for instance, like, let's say a hemorrhage happens. You're bleeding too much. Okay, well, we have the Pitocin. That's the medication they carry in the hospital. So we're going to give you the Pitocin and we're going to massage your belly and we're going to see how it's going and we're going to monitor you. And then maybe if you're breathing too much, we're also going to give you an IV because we carry IV fluids and we're able to do that. So we're going to do that. And then if we're still seeing too much bleeding, maybe we give you another round of Pitocin. Mm. Maybe it gets to the point where you're hemorrhaging super out of control and we need to call EMS and send you to the hospital. 
but you've already gotten Pitocin twice now at this point and you've already gotten an right. IV. So you're still receiving medical care. It's not like you're just bleeding out right. and we're waiting for the ambulance and you're bleeding out that totally. entire time. And then you're going to the hospital. We're still medically treating whatever the problem is. Mm. Um, and I've actually never seen that. The midwife I work with has been a midwife for 17 years and she has never transported a mother or a baby wow. for immediate emergent situations. So... From what I'm, from what I'm understanding, it's a lack of understanding about what a midwife can do at home. Like, exactly, I didn't know this either. I, I was always either. like, I think I want a home birth, mm-hmm. but I want like an ambulance on call. Yeah, but, like exactly. Like the other thing people don't realize about home birth is you can choose to go to the hospital at any time. Most reasons right. we actually transfer are not for an emergency. We transfer due to lack of progress, or the mom is, or the person is tired, or they've chosen that they mm. want to go because they want an epidural. We yes. actually see less emergency transfer. Transfers, mm. and most of it's a choice or it's a lack of progress like right. for instance you've been in labor for 40 hours and you're tired and you want the epidural because you want to sleep great right. okay let's go or you've been in labor for six hours and you're like this shit hurts yeah. <laughs> i don't want to do this i want an epidural or um lack of progress so you've been in labor for a really really long time and no matter what we do change positions all these things we've called chiropractors to birth mm. we've called acupuncturists to birth wow. we'll do all kinds of things if all those things aren't working and you're still not making progress and your contractions are kind of fizzling out then maybe that's a reason for a transfer mm. um or if your water bin has been broken for too long and there's signs of an infection or something like that then maybe we're transferring to the hospital for that so it's it's not always oh, you chose to have a home birth, so you're stuck at a home birth. That's part of our care is figuring out a transfer plan. If if you choose to go to the hospital mm-hmm. at some point, can your midwife come? And yes. is that a, yeah. Yeah, so during COVID, it got tricky. Most midwives were right. not allowed to come. It was a total transfer where you just like, okay, bye. But we're always supporting you on the phone. So we're faxing over your medical records. We're talking to labor and delivery. We're letting them know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go. Usually most transfers are non-emergent, so they you don't even need an ambulance. You just drive in the car. Um, and midwife will just be on the phone kind of like fielding questions right. or supporting you. If you have a doula, they can come. COVID obviously was a little different. But if you're allowed yeah. in, you just can't perform yeah, the birth. Exactly. If you're you allowed in, the midwife will come. Absolutely. Right. Unless, like, for some reason, you're transferring and you still have, like, 30 more hours right. to go, then the midwife will probably, like, go home and sleep and then keep in touch with you. Mm-hmm. But if it's, like, okay, baby's about to be born or something like mm-hmm. that, the midwife will definitely stay. And it's not a transfer, like, okay, now you're not my client right, anymore. Right, right, right. It's course. literally only a transfer for you to give birth. You go right back into that midwife's mm. care after a discharge from the hospital oh, to get all of the postpartum care. So we're not just like, oh, you could not deliver at home, so you're, bye, see you never. No, give birth at the hospital, and then we want to see you as soon as you're discharged so we can do our immediate postpartum visits and check on baby and check on you and do all the things. I think what I appreciate the most about all of this is that there is no pressure. I feel like yeah. oftentimes when I'm at in a doctor setting, it's like, you need to take this or you're bad. Like, for yeah. example, we were just telling you, my dog got drunk. <laughs> we took her to the ER, yeah. and the nurse was we had met with the doctor. The doctor was like, yeah, I think you can take her yeah. home. Like, give her some fluids. We can monitor overnight. And mm-hmm. I was like, I feel really comfortable taking her home. Yeah. And the nurse was like, well, she can get more drunk in two hours. And then da 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 And then get all sick. And then that'll be $1,300. But if you just, like, give her the fluids now, yeah. like, you're running the risk. And I'm like... <laughs> No, no. And then she made me literally feel like I was the worst yeah. dog mom in the world for mm-hmm. taking 
trusting my gut, knowing that I, my dog wanted... This sounds so stupid because I'm talking about a dog. But no, but yeah. I'm doing a metaphor that I wanted my dog to sleep at home comfortable. Yeah. And I think times that, times 100 in a mm-hmm. hospital setting, like... Mm. where like our my mom's good friends just yeah. had twins and they're medically trained uh chiropractors and they're in yeah. the medical field they're very educated and there was obviously like a complication mm. with the with the twins yeah um they went into the ICU and the uh. doctors tried to give them this like prescription eye fluid or something yeah. that they knew that the kids didn't need uh. and so they if they didn't have that education, the kids would have gotten that. Mm-hmm. And it's all these things they were able to advocate for themselves. Yeah. But the hospital made them feel horrible. Always. About it. So what I love is like, there is no judgment. There is yeah. no pressure. Oh, you're too tired. You want an epidural? We'll take you there. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. Or you want to keep fighting? I'm here to help you keep fighting. Totally. Like that's what we need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's, it's really just a re-education and like, You've got to trust the midwife you hire too, though, mm-hmm. because there is a point where, you know, it's the relationship is not going to work if you don't trust us as your medical provider. If you just right. think like you want a home birth, you're not super committed to it. It's never going to work. Home birth mm. is work. Like it really, really is. And we need you in it 100 percent for your safety, for your baby's safety and for the end goal to actually happen. But if you're like one foot in and one foot out. Typically, it doesn't work. Some of our clients like want to do co-care where they'll see us and still see their OB, which typically is fine. But towards the end of pregnancy, it could be really difficult because you're getting conflicting information. The OB is like, okay, well, your baby's going to die. You need to give birth today. And we're like, actually, your baby's fine. (laughs) You can go like another week. And we're not just saying that. I think some people think that midwives are just like talking out of their ass. We're not. We're, We're checking your blood. We're having constant conversations with you, asking you a list of questions every single time we see you that would indicate medical problems going on Mm. at a certain point we're sending you in for a higher level ultrasound to look at baby and look at placenta function and determine if continuing your pregnancy is safe we're Mm. not just like we feel like (laughs) oh the moon and the stars align perfectly (laughs) so we are medical providers we are trained in this yes. field to tend to you and baby and make sure you are safe. But that's why it's so important to understand truly what a mm. midwife can do. Exactly. Because I think a lot of people are really mm-hmm. misinformed yes. as to do the midwife. Totally. Like that whole separation as we talked about in the beginning. Yep. And I mean, even like I was reading through your page and like placenta ca- encapsulation. Yes. Yeah. I feel like the only time I've heard about this is from the Kardashians. Yeah. And like... <laughs> That Please tell us. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so impressed and by the science yeah. behind it. It's so crazy. every mammal consumes their placenta, and every other country in the world honors placenta encapsulation, but us. <laughs> so really, <laughs> really, like dogs eat their own placenta after they give birth. Well, in Germany, it's called the mother cake. Yeah. <laughs> Every other country honors it. It's just us. We're just like weird with so many things. But um, (laughs) so the placenta, it's incredible. It's an organ that's specifically made for baby for the time of birth. Mm. And it delivers all the nutrients and oxygen to baby. This is what's keeping your baby alive. The placenta. Oxygen. I've never heard that. It delivers oxygenated blood to the baby. Wow. Mm -hmm. The placenta contains stem cells, great nutrients, all the things. So that's what's going to baby. 
So the benefits of consuming the placenta, and you can do it in a smoothie or you can get it encapsulated. Some people just eat it raw. Like there's so many ways you can, you could do um, a placenta broth and make soup. Like there's so many ways <laughs> that you can. taste like? <laughs> yeah. So I've never done the soup. I've done a smoothie and I've done the pills and I've done the tincture. The smoothie, you don't taste it at all. And it's just we like We were going to ask piece. about the yeah. smoothie. We were you, wondering. You taste it. It's really great. So, okay. The placenta if you're consuming it, gives you vital nutrients and minerals to help with healing. It also helps the uterus contract and shrink back down to its normal size. It helps milk okay. production. It can help your hormones stabilize and prevent baby blues or postpartum depression. It increases bonding. Like it is truly an incredible organ. Even in birth sometimes, if you're not hemorrhaging, so if it's not like, oh my God, you're hemorrhaging, we just give you Pitocin, but you're bleeding just slightly more than we want, we might recommend a placenta smoothie because the placenta helps the uterus clamp down and contract and it clamping down and contracting is what stops the bleeding. So we might say, okay, we're seeing a little bit more bleeding than normal. We think this, are you open to doing a placenta smoothie? It also gives you increased energy levels. And we've had some clients, partners accidentally like consume it or intentionally consume it. And they're like, I feel amazing. I feel great. I feel like I can just conquer the world. Like it really. <laughs> so anyone you, can have it. Your partner can have it. They can. <laughs> Definitely leave it all for the person who did the work. Yeah. But they can. If they want to taste some they of your smoothie. They if they want some of your smoothie. <laughs> if they want to take one of your pills, fine. But um, <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> it's really great. I've done it all three times. I swear by it. I just. If I mean, you're having a hospital birth, do would your midwife or doula advocate to ensure that they save the placenta mm-hmm. so that you could, yeah, consume it, or are they typically throwing it out? Um, I don't know how that works. They will if you don't ask for it, but you have to tell them you want it, and you have to sign off a form to take oh, wow. it. So that's what's wow. crazy. It's like, okay, my body made this organ and it's coming out of me. I've got to sign it out from you. That makes no <laughs> sense. Like a, a so yeah, book. yeah, you have to, t- <laughs> seriously, it's like the weirdest thing. They're like, oh, you're going to encapsulate your placenta. Well, we need you to sign this form to release it. And it's like, huh? What do you mean release it? <laughs> like I'm walking out with it on my left yeah. So, So they're not liable or what is the um, signing it's, out to mean? It's theirs if you don't take it. What can they do with it? There's all kinds of crazy theories about it, and I don't know how crazy it is. I haven't looked too much into it. So there's placenta. Well, yeah, there's some like there's a lot of theories that the hospitals keep them and will use the stem cells for stem cell research, but that's obviously like without your consent. I have no idea how true that is. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Maybe there's some like crazy black market where there's like nurses selling selling these placentas, and maybe maybe it'll make you look younger. I mean. Maybe you never know. Like I have no clue. But um, usually they just toss it. But so you do need to let them know you're gonna take it. Right. Usually there's well, not too much pushback. They might say something like, "It's not safe" or "It's dangerous," or they might try to like say something to make you feel bad about it or scare you. But usually it's well, fine. I take it home all the time for my doula clients. I always think it's so funny because, like, I think the first. So well, there was a birth video. I saw my own placenta. Like Did my you? dad showed me as That's a kid. So cool. Like he was like, "This is your placenta," and I yeah. imagine it being huge and it, like looked like an alien. Mm-hmm. And I was like freaked out by it. But it was like in that setting, it was kind of beautiful. But yeah. then you watch movies in high school when you 
watch that birth video and yeah. everyone's like the boys are like oh my god yeah. it's the birth video and like the girls are like shamefully like yeah. watching from the corner and it's so sad that that's the first introduction to birth that you really have because it could be such like a beautiful thing today we are talking to you about hello bello we truly adore them we use so many of their products it's truly one of those brands that has something for everything that a family needs we use their bubble bath and lavender we use their hand sanitizer we love the sunscreen that comes in the stick for face and body mm. it smells fantastic i actually have it on right now and oh, i'm just happy every time i smell it they're multivitamins we're taking that every day in the office mm-hmm. to keep our immune support up our vitamin d levels um, their baby wipes, everything is just so good. Yeah. Their designs are so fun. Their marketing is incredible. And it's founded by Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell. So what's not to love? It's premium, affordable, and amazing products for the whole family. And we want you to shop with our code. So use code ALLTHEBABIESCO20 for 20% off your next order. And we also have a link for you to shop as well that is in the description of this episode. Get all your Hello Bello things now. <laughs> you say to someone that Mm -hmm. is finds out they're pregnant and is looking for a midwife how do you go about Mm. finding a good midwife where do you even start looking start with Anya yeah (laughs) hire her (laughs) yeah I mean definitely like look for one in your area obviously you want someone that's convenient to get to but I also think it's really like a I do this with all my medical providers. Like you can have all the experience in the world. And if I don't feel a connection with you, I'm not going to choose you. You've really got to feel connected to your midwife. You really have to feel like you're heard and you're supported and understood because it's such a vulnerable journey. And it's a long journey. It's like nine, 10 months of your life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, don't, just pick someone because of their experience i don't i hate when people also pick a provider because of financial reasons like oh well i could only afford this person there are resources out there for you to get the funding that you need to pick the provider that Mm. you really want like the victoria project is an incredible organization that funds out of hospital births like holistic care and so there's ways around it so that would be my first thing is like Pull up all the midwives in your area. I say interview as many midwives as possible because you're going to get people from different walks of life, different training, different experiences, and different comfort levels. Like the midwife I train with, she um, is from Oklahoma and started in Oklahoma, which was an unregulated state at the time. So she's seen a lot. She's done a lot of things that a lot of midwives in California have never seen or never done because of the legal guidelines. So that's why I chose her for my third midwife and I chose to work with her so I could really get those skills and see how um, different problems could be managed. So that was like appealing to me. But that might not be <laughs> appealing to other people. Some midwives work in a practice with other midwives where you're going to see a few and you, you're you not sure who might be at your birth. So like, mm. do you like that or do you not? Like, um, my first daughter was born in Oakland at Pacifica Maternity Clinic and I had student midwives. They were a part of my team. And I was assigned one student and she was like my primary midwife, but I saw different people every time I came in. So... There's so many different options, so many different models of care. You've also got CNMs that do out of hospital birth and they're working from a different perspective. So I would say if somebody wants more of like 
they want the midwifery care, but they still kind of want the hospital scope. Maybe you want to look for a nurse midwife. Maybe that's more your jam. Um, Are midwives covered by insurance? I'm assuming no. Mm-mm. So that's the out-of-pocket expense. It is an out-of-pocket expense, but people, and that's another reason people are like, I'm not going to do a midwife. It's so expensive. Okay. The hospital. Your hospital bill, even with insurance, right. is going to be thousands and thousands of dollars. Like, it's not free unless you have incredible insurance. Where you're like, paying, because usually it's what, like, and I think I read the average um, hospital birth in the U.S. like twenty six k. Oh yeah, and then with insurance, like good insurance, like three k out of pocket. Some some people pay even more than that. Some people pay ten k. Some people pay seven, eight, nine. It depends on how long you were there. So it would if, end up equaling almost the same, if not way it's less. It's probably going to be more. Yeah, midwife. You probably find a midwife in the Los Angeles area the lowest seven thousand dollars. Okay, all the way up to maybe ten thousand, eleven thousand dollars, depending on what care you for the choose for the whole thing. Wow. That's all of your prenatals. It's that's labor just... and delivery. That's your postpartum for you and baby up to six so it's weeks. Like your OB oh wow! Plus yeah, like your birth. People don't realize that <laughs> an OB only sees you at six weeks postpartum. We see you at. 24 hours postpartum, two weeks postpartum, right. four weeks postpartum, oh six weeks postpartum. So we're actually following you more closely. So postpartum. if you really think about costs, it's, it's cheaper. And some midwives work with like an insurance biller where you can call the biller and have the biller like look at what your benefits are and see how much you can get mm. back. So if you're doing a home birth, there are ways where you can like just get super bills and kind of work with your insurance. They'll also pay for all your lab work. So your ultrasounds in your labs, you're going to bill through insurance. You're not paying for those out of pocket. Um, if you choose a CNM that works at a birth center, sometimes you can get more money back for your insurance because it's a facility fee that they can bill through. And nurse midwives, I think, um, I don't know why it is that they can get something more from the insurance but it's i don't know what it is but they can so look into it do your research look at both see what works for you so it's it really sounds like a lot of it is education based Mm -hmm. how families that are lower income yeah how can they get midwife care yeah um, you, you mentioned the the like, Victoria Project the yeah so the Victoria Project will fund midwives you apply and then if they have the funds available they'll fund whatever you need or what you request or what they're able to but another thing I tell people all the time is instead of asking for like baby clothes and all these things if you want midwifery care that is your baby shower list mm. I want a midwife I want a doula I want a postpartum doula that is great because, yeah. mind blown mind blown <laughs> Yeah, I tell all the time, get a GoFundMe going, tell friends and family, like if you have a lot of friends and family out of state, and they're asking, oh, how can I support you? What do I want? I really want a midwife. I can't afford it. And $20 goes a long way. You know what I'm saying? Like, and most midwives are also, it's on a payment plan. It's not like you owe the 7,000, 10,000 up front. You pay the deposit and then you pay every month or whatever the payment plan is. Some midwives also offer sliding scales. So I always tell people, ask. It does not hurt to ask. You can always say, hey, I really want to work with you, but I can't afford it. And maybe the midwife says, okay, great. Um, I can't give you a reduced price, but I can give you a longer payment plan. Or maybe Mm -hmm. I can give you like, $500 off or whatever it is. So, I mean, the midwife I work with, Faith Freeman, she has a Medi-Cal price. So she has a price specifically for her Medi-Cal families and then a price for people who are not on Medi-Cal. So there are a lot of midwives that 
are working to make their care more affordable and accessible to those who need it don't just rule it out because you feel like you can't afford it so it's helpful i'm like it's so inspiring i have like (laughs) eight thousand more questions i do have to ask though because you mentioned something about the sound that you're Mm -hmm. making like how you had a really high pitched sound in that moment but you wanted to like take Mm -hmm. it lower is part of the process in midwifery care, doula care, like yeah. before you're even getting ready to birth, mm-hmm. breathing techniques and, and all that, like what yeah. does the pitch have to do with the so process? We can do it now. If you go like, ah, and like, well, if you think about it, <laughs> we're not going to scream into our microphones, but you're tightening your body. So uh, your cervix is a sphincter, just like your anus is a sphincter. And so it opens and closes. So if you oh go, my God. Uh, do you feel like how everything down there yeah, just relaxes? Like, it also sings. Yeah, because even the like, act of being like, like uh-huh. scared uh-huh. is like, when you're you pulling go high, up, you go yeah. high in body too. And you're pulling up and you're closing, whereas you go, uh, you're releasing and opening. That's why that sound is in a lot of, okay, mm-hmm. okay. That's, that's so why helpful. that sound, or we're telling like, open your mouth, oh, and you're opening everything up. How do you make sure that the partner is involved with the process? Like, I yeah. I feel like if you have your doula there, your midwife, you kind of have your squad. <laughs> How does the partner... Why do you need your... Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, some If don't... they really want to be involved in yeah. the process, for example. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. if I end up staying with my partner and <laughs> yeah. we have a baby and da da da, he would want to be a part of that yeah. process. So, I'm... so, we want them to be a part of it if they want to be a part of it. Okay. Some partners like, eh, I don't want it, which really sucks. And and then some partners are really amazing and they're like doulas, you know? <laughs> so is it just like having an extra doula? Yeah. And, you know, they're getting you the water and we're saying they're like, okay, she needs a protein shake. Go make a protein shake. Get her a snack. Or can you bring a cold towel? Or they're just really right. sitting with you and holding your hand. And, you know, it's great for them to come to the prenatal visit. So they're also getting the education because another part of it is you may be totally pro home birth. You may have mm-hmm. no concerns, no fears. You feel like you've got it. But if your partner is freaking out, doesn't trust home birth, doesn't trust your midwife, thinks your baby's going to die, thinks you're going to yeah. die, it's going to yeah. impact the birthing process, mm. especially if they don't understand what a normal birth can look like. Because right. if you go into labor on a Monday and it's Tuesday night and baby's still not born, he might be freaking out like what's going on. Right. But that's could be normal, right. you know, depending on what's going on. So it's really important that they're also receiving the education mm-hmm. so that they can fully support I you. Love that. I just can't say enough about this conversation. I feel so informed. Like, all I wanted was a really good, informative conversation. And I literally now, like, want to journal about all my birth plan in the future. I mean, there's so much more, like, this just scratches the surface. There's so much more that can be said. There's so much that can be said about specific individuals in specific situations. Mm -hmm. So, like, for any listeners that are listening and are intrigued, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. If I'm not the person who can answer it, I will connect you with a person that can. If there's anybody that's listening that's like, that's not right. Well, this is a very general, quick, condensed conversation. So it's like, if you want more information or you want to learn more about midwifery and the hospital system, I'm more than happy to point you to the right resources and find. And the last thing I'll say is, I personally love home birth. 
obviously. <laughs> That's what I chose for myself and my profession. But I always tell clients that you have to choose the birthing place that you feel safe. Mm. If you're not going to feel safe at home, then it is not for you. If you're not going to feel safe at the hospital, then it is not for you. Mm. You birth the way you have chosen is right for you and your body and your family. And there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're feeling supported, I think that's the underlying thing that most people just don't feel supported in hospital care. But if you feel supported by your OB and your providers and you're getting all your questions answered and you feel safe and taken care of, that's amazing. Hold on to that and pass along their info. (laughs) If you don't, then advocate for care that is really making you feel heard and supported. I love that. And where, how can people find you and support you and hire you? All the things, ask you more questions, (laughs) give us all the websites. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. Literally, I'm a crazy person. I'm always on Instagram and just answering messages and people have 50 million questions. So it's my name, Anya, A-N-J-A. Akile, A-K-H-I-L-E, just at me, message me. Um, I do take doula clients while I'm in school. So my June is crazy. I have six midwifery clients and two doula clients. So that's going to be really fun. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people have supported me in school. They'll like send me textbooks from Amazon or like some person, like one of my followers sent me money for coffee. And like that was really sweet. I don't get paid while I'm in school. Okay. So I get... It's it that is the hardest part about being in school is I get zero dollars to attend all of these births and all these prenatals and like because it's all training it's all training it's my residency so mm-hmm. I do <laughs> have three kids and no job technically so mm-hmm. that is the hardest part so my community has been really great and just like giving me coffee money or they're like here's ten dollars for gas or like oh what textbooks do you need and they'll like give me textbooks or what's your Venmo me. yeah they're like what's your cash app what's your whatever how so can we, yeah how can we do that <laughs> so my cash app name is literally my name and then um that's usually how people support me I had an Amazon list for a long time and so many people came together and like sent got all my stuff on my Amazon we list it was Amazon really list. great yeah they, it works it's nice so nice as as horrible as Amazon is in certain things for it these things nicely for this it's yeah. such a brilliant business idea I, I know I mean you can't you can't hate it too much but yeah so you can find me on Instagram I'm super accessible I am still taking clients and if for some reason like I'm not the right fit I'm all about providing resources I will mm-hmm. connect you with doulas or OBs or midwives um there's tons of midwives in the Los Angeles area I love there's kindred space that's a birthing center faith freeman is a midwife i work with who is great like there's plenty of resources out there and i will make sure you get the information you need and when will you be out of school and taking on full-time midwife next year so my goal is i start my primaries so one more birth and i am the primary midwife so that means that i'm running the show that i lead all the prenatals and the postpartums that i get to catch baby that the midwife training me is my like assistant and (laughs) yeah so I'm stepping into my primaries um next month which will be really exciting and I'm hoping that come January I'm able to sit down for the NARM that's our test that we have to take so we can get certified for the California Medical Board so hopefully by springtime summertime of 2023 I'll be ready to take clients Good thing. Yeah. Good yeah. Thing. You I have time. time. <laughs> I know. I have some doula clients. I'm like, I'm waiting for you for the next one. I'm like, okay, great. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Anya, yeah. this was so, so life-giving, amazing. special, informative. Yeah. You're amazing. What 
Thank what you're you. doing is amazing, inspiring. You're helping <laughs> so many, and we just can't wait to see thank you soar. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This has been so great, and I can't wait to connect to your listeners or whoever feels like they need extra yes. support. Thank you. We're so yeah. happy to have you. Know, thank this you. Is, this is what we've been wanting from the beginning. <laughs> oh. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>